Y'all, it's here. It's finally here. I have officially launched my first ever online store and I am so excited that I just might burst. ShopCoachKaya.com is officially live and ready for you to explore. I have put together a collection of goodies to help you find joy in your journey of creating a healthy life that you love. Inside the shop, you're going to find things like water bottles, journals, stickers, graphic tees, jewelry, and so much more. These products are really a reflection of who I am as a person. They're motivational, bright, and a little bit ranchy. And the other exciting thing is that all of these designs were almost exclusively watercolor illustrated by yours truly. It has been so much fun to tap back into my creative side and create these products with you all in mind to share a little bit of joy for you to bring home to yourself. I'd love for you to go and check out the store, but before you do, I want to share a special little discount code for my listeners. If you use the code CLIMB10 at checkout at shopcoachkayat.com, you will receive 10% off your first order. Happy shopping! Welcome back to the show, friends. I am so grateful that you are here. Now, at the time that we're recording this, we are in the thick of holiday season, And let me tell you, I love the holidays. I love the food. I love the parties. I love the decorations. I love the people. I love all of it. But there is a but. But there is no denying that this season can also come with some added pressures, not only to our time and finances, but also to our relationships and our emotions across the board. Listen, I love my family. Family, if if you're listening to this, I love you, I promise. And I'm sure that you guys love your family too, but let's face it, sometimes family can frustrate us, annoy us, and just straight up piss us off. So how do we set healthy boundaries to help us navigate this and maintain strong, loving relationships, especially during the holiday season? I thought that it might be helpful to bring in an expert to help us learn how to do just that. Now, I met today's guest like anyone does in this day and age through Instagram. (laughs) We connected after she heard my story on Good Morning America, and we have been kindred spirits ever since. Nora DeKaiser is a former celebrity matchmaker turned life and relationship coach. Have you seen that movie Hitch? Come on, all of us have seen the movie Hitch. Well, that was basically Nora. She worked with some of the world's most successful CEOs, entrepreneurs, and actors in New York City and Los Angeles. Featured as a relationship expert for ABC LA, Business Insider, and Elite Daily, Nora has a unique method in helping her clients connect with their inner authenticity and confidence. She teaches the art of connection and personal empowerment in life, dating, and business through her company, Be Found. And I am so thrilled and honored to introduce you to her here today on the podcast as we talk all things relationships and boundaries. Without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. Nora, welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We were, for people listening, me and Kaya were just talking for like the past 10 minutes because I feel like I could talk to you forever. So seriously, this is just so much fun to talk to you. And I I feel like for everyone listening too, I feel like they're sitting with us um, because the type of people who you connect with, the type of people that I connect with, they feel like family, which ironically is what we're also talking about with boundaries today too. Oh, so true. I agree. We honestly were talking for like 10 minutes and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe we should hit record. I forgot we were going to do this podcast thing. Um, <laughs> but I had the the incredible honor of being a, um, a guest coach in her Be Found community. And she's been a guest coach in my climb community. And Nora has been one of our favorites. In fact, I was just telling Nora that um, some of the things that she talked about, we regularly still talk about in the Climbing with Coach Kaya community. And I'm just so grateful for you and your friendship. And I'm so excited to share some of your wonderful wisdom and your spirit and light with our listeners today. So grateful for you to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay. So Nora, I know that we could probably 
record like 25,000 different episodes on the podcast. And I'm going to try to be focused, although I tend to squirrel, my listeners know this. But I really want us to focus today on boundaries. And I feel like you just do a beautiful job of explaining this. And I think the reason that I want to talk about boundaries is because I feel like the holidays, like I'm, I've gotten a pulse for how my community is feeling right now. And there's, it's a mix, right? Like this is a joyful season. There's all these beautiful traditions. We get together and it's great, but there's also like there's that underlying like, oh, I have to deal with family or sit around the table with those people that I know are going to make those comments that are going to frustrate me or anger me. And I just, it makes me so sad to think that one of the, you know, most joyful times of the year can also have this layer of like anxiety and pressure and just like quiet toxicity that everyone bites their tongue and just tries to like manage and get through the other side of it. And I feel like what I've discovered is that the more that I bite my tongue and just hold things in, I feel like the more resentment builds and that just quietly makes these relationships grow further and further and further apart. So how, I guess my first question is, Nora, how can we, how can we make more space for joy when it comes to our relationships this holiday season? Wow. You, you just described that so amazingly, the, the quiet toxicity of just kind of biting your tongue and saying like, okay, I'm not going to get upset that Aunt Carol said this thing or whoever said something about your partnership or your body or what you're eating or what you're not eating. So first, I, I just, I just want to acknowledge the way you just said that so that people listening know that they're not alone. Because the first step towards not having this anger and resentment and really stepping into that joy, like you just said, is to realize that this is completely normal to have these type of feelings um, and to have these type of scenarios with your family. Because a lot of people tell themselves, oh, my family does this, but no other family does this. Every other family has the perfect matching pajama photos in front of the Christmas tree. And then they shame themselves for not having that perfection in their family. That is so not true. I do not know one person that has a perfect family or a perfect experience around the holidays because life isn't perfect. It's not supposed to be. We wouldn't know the goodness of life without the pain of life. So I just want to normalize that for anyone who's listening. Don't feel shame for needing to listen to a podcast like this and wanting to work on yourself in this way. That is totally badass that you want to learn and grow and love yourself and create healthy relationships with those in your life. So the first step is just to really love yourself and know that it's okay that you're wanting to grow in this area. And it's okay that you might not have a perfect scenario 24 seven with your family dynamic. Oh my gosh. I'm, I just, I'm really, really glad that you said that because I'm just picturing this. And I know for me, like Sorry, this is kind of a squirrel, but not a total squirrel moment, okay? We like squirrels. <laughs> okay, good, good. I don't want any squirrels to be offended by the way I'm talking about squirrels. <laughs> um, but I think this also comes into mind with me when it comes to boundaries, separate from family, but setting boundaries too with like social media around the holidays. Because like you said, I think it's so easy for us to see like Instagram or Pinterest and be like, oh my gosh, look, they just like when you said the matching pajamas picture, like I feel like there's this Pinterest perfect Instagram filtered world expectation that we have have for ourselves or like this Hallmark movie. And when reality falls short, which FYI, I think it falls short for all of us because we're all normal humans. We feel this shame of like, man, if only I wish that I had that experience. So thank you for starting with that. We are all imperfect. It's never what it seems on social media. And um, I just, I'm really glad that you mentioned that first. Yeah. I mean, and it's also, that is the joy. The imperfection is the joy. And it's so interesting how we can, if we don't have that perfect family photo, we can shame ourselves. And some people have put up the perfect family photo and then they get shamed by their friends. Like I remember probably four years ago, I put on my social media, like a photo of me and my family wearing a, the matching pajamas. And so many people messaged me like, oh, wow, like you have the perfect family. And I was like, wait, are they shaming me for like, <laughs> like having a happy Christmas? Like that's you know, that's hurtful. Um, and only a few weeks ago, I was with my family and um, people who follow me on social media. And I know you know this too, Kaya, but my brother's daughter has leukemia and she's two and a half years old. It is so hard. That is one of the hardest things you could go through in life. And I was with my family a few weeks ago and my mom and my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, were sharing a story <laughs> uh, because they've taught my brother's daughter, Violet, that when she doesn't feel good, because she's learning how to express herself, 
that she picks up her mini phone, like a Mickey and Minnie phone, and she says, we have an emergency. And then she explains where she's not feeling good in her body, just so she can learn how to speak to the people who need to know how she's feeling. Anyway, my mom and my sister-in-law were sharing this story about how one morning there was a spider on my mom's sweater. And my sister-in-law was like, oh my gosh, Georgia, there's a spider. And she threw her coffee up in the air. She ripped her shirt off, no bra on, ran out, (laughs) um, like stomped on the spider, right? Got it off, came back in. Their eight-month-old was crying. Brie was just trying to help my mom, my sister-in-law. And Violet, the one with leukemia, was in the corner on her Mickey phone saying, Minnie, we have an emergency. We have an emergency. She just kept saying that. And my mom was crying laughing as she was telling this story. My sister-in-law, Brie, was crying laughing as she was telling this story. Violet was like smiling because she could tell we were all like reliving this funny memory. And I started crying not out of laughter, but out of pure joy of this is life right? Like this isn't the perfect Instagram photo. This isn't um, like the perfection of what your holiday season should look like, but this is life and we can love each other so deeply, even when we have fear, even when we have pain, even when it's not perfect. That's, That's what it's all about. So I hope that story can help some people too of going through anything hard to know there's hardships and there's joy even in the hardships. If you allow yourself to just smile and say, oh my gosh, (laughs) we threw the coffee in the air. I stripped in front of my (laughs) daughter-in-law and we were calling the mini phone saying we have an emergency. (laughs) Oh, I, I love that. And I love that you saying that there, that is the joy. The imperfections is the joy. And I think, I think especially like in this season, because maybe there's people that are dealing with, you know, maybe it's complicated family. Maybe it is sickness in the family, like like you're dealing with in yours, or maybe someone this holiday season is also trying to balance grief. Maybe they lost someone this year. And I think that there's this idea that like you can't have one without the other, but I feel like learning how to balance, like there can be joy and sorrow in the same space. Definitely. Like you can hold space for both things. Mm-hmm. And it's so powerful to hold space for both things because both of those emotions are um, high on either end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And anytime we have extreme emotions, they're scary, whether it's a lot of joy and happiness or it's a lot of pain. So mm-hmm. a lot of people experience even around their wedding time, they're like really anxious. Why? Because they know that it's going to be one of the best days of their life. And that's vulnerable. And then, of course, with grief and pain and sadness or unmet expectations, we also try to avoid those. But um, the only way past an emotion is through it. And emotions statistically only last about 90 seconds. Um, But a lot of people will spend their whole life or their whole holiday season or a whole year running away from a certain emotion, running away from that grief or that pain or even that happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And I recommend having the practice of taking big, deep breaths, putting one hand on your chest, one hand on your stomach and saying, okay, I feel anxious. I'm going to sit with this anxious feeling. I'm going to love myself and be present with myself, just like you would want a friend to be there for you, right? When you call a friend and you say, oh, I'm feeling anxious. What do you hope that they will say? You hope they'll be like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Do you want to talk about it? Right? You don't hope the friend would be like, oh my gosh, like, don't call me about that. Yeah. Oh <laughs> and when gosh. you shame, you'll be fine. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. When you shame your own emotions, that's literally like calling a friend and her or him saying like, why are you calling me? That's the same thing as you being like, I shouldn't feel anxiety. No. You want the friend to say, wait, tell me everything. How can I support you? How can I help you? And that's how you can work through any emotions, whether it's good or bad, is to be that friend, to be, to be yeah. that person that you're hoping um, will hold space for you. You can hold space for yourself. I love that. And I feel like that is such a a healing part of any self-love journey because I feel like so many of us are trying to rebuild that trust with ourselves because we haven't held space for ourselves in the past. We haven't been that loving friend. And I feel like learning how to do that, be gentle with yourself if it feels uncomfortable, if you haven't done it in a while, but gosh, it's so beautiful. And I just, one of the other things that I've learned from you, Nora, is you know, we're so quick to seek the answers outside of us, whether it be from other people or from gurus we follow online or from books and we keep looking for answers. But I feel like you're so good about reminding us that so often we already have the answers. We just aren't still with ourselves to ask and listen. 
Yes, it is. And it's empowering to realize that we have the answers. Any good therapist or coach that you're going to work with, they don't, they shouldn't be giving you the answers because that would be making you codependent to that therapist or that coach. You want to be independent. You want to trust yourself deeply. But unfortunately, we've been trained through conditioning to always think that the best answer is outside of ourselves. Mm. Um, So it's such a beautiful practice, especially around this holiday season, to slow down and ask yourself in every in every moment, what do I need? What do I feel? What do I want? What do I believe? And then sit in silence because the answer might not come right away. Because honestly, there's a part of you that's like, wait, what? You're asking me? <laughs> we don't <laughs> we don't usually do that. Like we gotta ask like mom. We gotta ask my sister. Uh, no, it, it, that part of you wants to be seen and wants to be understood, and you get to be the person that sees her and understands her and loves her. Mm, so good. Okay. So, um, such good conversation. We're going to come back to the family piece, the boundaries piece. Yes. Okay. So the first thing that we talked about was normalizing that no family is perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's say someone is like, okay, this is what I'm feeling going into the holidays. Maybe they're feeling nervous or they know that, you know, uncle Johnny always brings up politics. He always triggers me. That aunt always comments about body or her diet. I'm already feeling anxious thinking about this how can we set ourselves up for success or um, how do we navigate these relationships with people that do make us feel that anxious feeling? Mm-hmm. Such a good question. So yeah, first step, just normalize that this isn't out of the norm. This is actually very, very normal. That's why we're having a podcast about this. And there are books and books and books about relationships, family dynamics, and ultimately boundaries. Because the best tool you could ever use when it comes to these type of dynamics with a family um, is boundaries. Um, So how do you set boundaries? A lot of people don't even know where to start with that. The place to start with boundaries is notice where you're feeling resentment, anger, triggers, just annoyance, anxiety. If you find yourself like preparing for your conversation with Uncle Joe, that's a space that you need, you will now know, oh, I probably haven't set boundaries with Uncle Joe in the past. And that's why I feel anger or resentment. So the first step for setting boundaries during the holidays is think about where you're probably going to get the most frustrated or where you're already feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, The next step after that is to ask yourself, Well, where does that anxiety come from? What happened last time? We don't just randomly come up with scenarios or emotions. Um, They come from our past experiences. So what happened in the past? And then ask yourself, how did I co-create that situation? We can't just continue playing victim and continue blaming Mm -hmm. Uncle Joe or mom or a mother-in-law because that's you'll just continue your pattern for the rest of your life. If you want to change, then you make the change within yourself. And the way that you make the change within yourself is saying, okay, it takes two to tango. How did I co-create this relationship? How did I co-create this dynamic? That takes a lot of self-love to ask that question (laughs) because it's a lot easier to blame others. Man. Okay, Nora, this one, this is the hardest one, I think, for a lot of people because Mm -hmm. it's so... before we started recording, I was telling Nora how I feel like in my life, I'm having to relearn a bunch of lessons. And it's it's so interesting. And I think so timely that you bring this up because I feel like the lesson I'm having to relearn right now in my relationships is ownership. Like I got really good at ownership when it came to taking control of my health, but I feel like I'm having to relearn that, that lesson as it pertains to relationships. It's so easy for us to blame. Like, doesn't he know he shouldn't be bringing up controversial politics or doesn't my aunt know that I'm triggered by food and body comments? And it's so easy to put all of that blame outside of us without taking ownership of where we fit into this puzzle. Yes, totally. And they don't know, just like any other relationship, we don't know. Even our husband, even our partner, even our best friend, even our mom, even our brother, we don't know exactly what they're thinking and exactly what they're feeling. And the moment you think you know someone is the moment that relationship is actually dying. Ooh, wait, say that again. The moment you think you know someone is the moment the relationship is actually dying because Mm. you want to be surprised by your romantic partner. You want to have excitement and novelty and new experiences with them. So you're actually doing yourself and your partner a disservice and actually stunting the growth in the relationship to assume that you think you know what they want and they should know what you want. They shouldn't know what you want. That's your job to express it and share it. 
So good. I want to ask you really quick before we move on. Do you think that that applies to our relationship with ourselves too? Like I've been exploring this idea of, I I was talking to my community the other day and I challenged the women in my community to take themselves on a date. And I was like, you know, when you go on a date, you're, you're being curious, you're being adventurous. You're trying to get to know the person. Like, have you given yourself permission to get to know yourself again? And I feel like so many of us think like, this is the kind of person that I am. And we just assume we know everything about ourselves and we lose curiosity to like continue even learning about ourselves. Oh, yes, totally. I love that you did that exercise. I think it's powerful. And, and yeah, I have a lot of clients that I've worked with that have said, I'm just, I don't want to get bored, especially around COVID. It was a big fear of getting bored. And for me, being just a really naturally curious person, I was like, wait, what? Like bored? I don't have enough time in my day. There's so much to do. But I do think that it's an experience for a lot of people to have a lack of passion um, and a lack of purpose. And when you have a lack of purpose, a a lack of clear direction of what you're going to do that day or that month or where you're going in life, that creates a lot of pain. And it can really have a downward spiral um, leading towards depressive feelings of not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. And so the way to counter that is to be curious about what brings you joy in your life. What opens your heart? What gives you excitement? What gives you energy? Because a lot of people think food is what gives us energy, but we eat way more food than we actually need for the energy in our day-to-day lives. What we're really lacking is passion. What we're really lacking Mm. is purpose. Um, Because if you think about it, like, I don't know about you, but when my house is a mess, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Look, I don't want to do anything. And then I know a guest is coming over. I suddenly have so much energy and I didn't drink an energy drink. I didn't drink a coffee. I didn't, I didn't do anything. There's just a new excitement, a new purpose, a new passion. A friend is coming over. Let's have some fun. Right. Such and then, a good example. Okay, yeah. Also my husband always calls me out for this. Cause he's like, Oh, so the toilet only gets cleaned if someone's coming over to visit. I'm like, yep. well, what can I say? <laughs> and when you're cleaning that toilet, when the friend is coming over to visit, You're not thinking, gosh, I'm so tired. No, you suddenly have so much energy because your heart is open and excited. When you can do that with yourself, with your relationship with yourself, and really just be the own witness of your life of, oh, doing this activity or talking to this person or eating this food makes me feel tired, makes me feel anxious, makes me feel um, kind of shut down or smaller then try to limit those actions in your life. And if you can also notice, oh, when friends come over or when I do yoga or when I share with a best friend deeply about something I'm going through that's really hard, all of that brings actually more energy to me. Then really focus on doing those things in your life and having that relationship with yourself and and minimize the things that really shut you down. Mm, So, so good. Okay, so we talked about knowing when we need to set a boundary with someone. So when you feel, when you notice those feelings of like defensiveness or anxiety, that is a signal of when to set a boundary or where there needs to be a boundary. Yes. And then you said we need to get curious about where we, where we have a role in. Yes. Yes. So that's the first step. Get, notice where you're feeling triggered. Second step, ask yourself, how am I co-creating this dynamic? How am I co-creating this relationship? And the answer might not come to you right away. You might have some defense stories come up of like, I'm not, he's just an asshole, yeah, uh, right? And you can acknowledge that part of you that still feels resentful, um, but also know that life doesn't change unless you change. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can, you can hope and pray for the rest of your life that Aunt Susie will be nicer. Or you can ask yourself, where does the resentment come and how am I co-creating that resentment? Maybe it's a lack of boundaries. Maybe you're not telling Aunt Susie how you want to be treated. Uh, Maybe you let Aunt Susie say mean things and you don't have any response back and you just let her say mean things. What is it that you're doing to co-create the dynamic? So after those two steps, the third step comes in, which is where you actually set the boundary. Um, and there are three types of boundaries that I, that I really like to focus on with my clients. Um, that's energetic boundaries. So energetic boundaries are how much time you're going to spend with Aunt Susie, how much time you're going to spend with your family, how much of your energy and their energy are going to be connected. So that's mm-hmm. energetic boundaries. You can also have energetic boundaries with how much time you're going to think about Aunt Susie, (laughs) how much time you're going to think about what food you're going to eat or what food you're not going to eat. So you can really set an energetic boundary of 
a time limit of I'm only going to think about this for five minutes and I'm going to come up my, with my plan for five minutes because I've been thinking about it for the past five years. That's a, an energetic boundary of how much energy you want to put into um, that relationship and, and that dynamic. So that's the first type of boundary. Second type of boundaries is physical boundaries. So really like physically saying something to the other person about how you're feeling and how you want to be treated and what's okay with you and what's not okay with you. And I call those physical boundaries because you want to have a physical conversation with this person about that. You don't want it to be just an energetic boundary in your head of like, okay, well, I'm Aunt Susie's just not my friend, right? Then that's, yes, it's good to know how much time you're going to spend with Aunt Susie yourself energetically, but you want to also physically share those things with her, hopefully physically in person or over the phone. It's way easier to set boundaries um, in person or over the phone on a phone call than it is via text. Um, and then the last is time boundaries and time boundaries kind of goes into all of those, but really how much time are you going to spend with the person, spend thinking about this person, how much time are you going to spend on social media? Truly just how much time are you going to spend in your life with different areas of your life? Yeah. So I want to ask a question about the, um, energetic boundaries. You know, you talked about physical boundaries where you're going to have a physical conversation. Is it possible for us to set boundaries with someone that are not communicated? Yes, but that's similar to, is it possible to have a relationship with someone without having a, you know, without ever seeing someone? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, yeah, we can. Um, So an example of that might be Taylor Swift, right? Like I love Taylor Swift, Uh but I have had to spend um, or set time boundaries with Taylor Swift because (laughs) I could listen to her music like 24 seven all day and like literally spend all day doing Taylor Swift dances and watching her. I just love T-Swift. So you haven't called her to set the boundary with her yet? (laughs) So I called Taylor (laughs) to set the boundary with her. So that's an an example of you can set that type of energetic boundary without like actually telling the person. But if you have a relationship with the person, um, there will be a point where you you don't need to explicitly run to their house and say, hi, I'm setting a boundary with you. Yeah. Um, but my biggest recommendations for how to actually implement boundaries with people who you have closer relationships with is to set it when, when the dynamic comes up. So if they are commenting on, wow, you're really not going to eat that pie. Like we're all eating the pie. It's my favorite pie. I make it every year. You're not going to eat it. That would be an example of the moment that you can set your boundary. Um, so you aren't going over to that person's house before Thanksgiving saying, by the way, I'm setting a boundary. I'm not going to eat your pie. You can do that if you really want to. And honestly, you can do that in a really loving way and a self-loving way of like, hey, I want you to know I've been on this new um, healthy eating habit and I've loved your pie every year. I would never want you to take this personally. But I just want to say upfront, I know this might seem silly, but I just love you and I love your pie but this year I'm not going to be eating it. I'm going to bring, be bringing my keto pie or whatever type of pie you want to bring. Um, but it's not, not at all against your pie, right? So that would be literally proactively setting the boundary. If you're not comfortable with that, again, some people are more comfortable with that because it's not so like abrupt in the moment. Mm-hmm. But if you're not comfortable with being proactive with that, you can react by teaching them how you want to be treated in the moment. So they'll say, wow, you're not going to eat my pie. It's the pie I make every year. And then you can say, oh, oh my gosh, I actually didn't get to share this with you yet. I'm on this new way of eating. I've loved your pie every year. It's the same language. It's just, are you going to say it in the moment? Are you going to say it beforehand? And what I think that you did right there that I think is a really important distinction is when we communicate a boundary, I feel like the way that we communicate it and the place from which we communicate it is so important and making sure that it's from this loving place, not a like, no, I don't want to eat your freaking pie. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Because then that person's going to feel rejected and the dynamic and the cycle will just continue. So my rule of thumb with with how to present boundaries in, in terms of the language is never saying you sentences. So uh, what, you, what you just said there, no, I'm not going to eat your pie. That's a you. That's talking about her or him. You want to say I sentences. You want to take ownership for your actions because boundaries have nothing to do with the other person. We aren't in ownership of other people. They are. We are all individual people and we don't want to be codependent in our relationships. We want to be interdependent. But the way to create interdependence in healthy relationships is to take ownership for who we are, what we want, what we like to eat, how we like to spend our time. Really just almost like a a driver's manual of, hey, this is how you drive. This is how I drive my car. I drive it at 60 miles per hour. I like to use premium gas or whatever it is. 
it's not saying, oh, you'd like to drive slower and that bothers me, or you like to drive faster and that bothers me. You can drive as fast as you want. But when you're in my car, aka when you're in a relationship with me, this is how I like to drive. This is the type of food I like to eat. And when you use I sentences, the other person doesn't feel attacked or triggered. They understand and actually empathize. You're just trying to connect with them because the whole purpose of boundaries is not to push people away. It's to have deeper connections. We all want deeper connections with our family members. Uh, That's why we are listening to podcasts like this because we have pain if we don't have that deep connection. The key to that deep connection are healthy boundaries. Mm, so good. Okay. So maybe someone's listening being like, okay, I have three people in mind that I know I need to set a boundary with. Thank you, Nora, for telling me how to set a boundary, but maybe they're like, okay, I know that I know like logically how to do it, but the idea of this conversation is giving me the heebie-jeebies. I don't want to make anybody mad. It seems like it's going to be really uncomfortable. Like how do you kind of coach someone through that fear of setting yes. a boundary? Because I know for myself, I am, um, I would say a recovering people pleaser. And for anybody that is familiar with Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram too. Like I don't want there to be controversy. I want everyone to get along. I want everyone to like me. And so something that I'm still like straight up trying to work through in real time is being willing to have these conversations that to me on the outset seem like they're going to be terribly uncomfortable because I'm afraid someone's going to be hurt. So Nora, how do you coach someone through that? Totally. Such a good question. First, it's it's in my the members of my community and my one-on-one clients all know this, but the first step is self-acceptance, self-compassion, because it's it, if you grew up in a family that didn't set healthy boundaries um, as really just a common occurrence, then you will see boundaries as wrong and bad because you never saw them as an example. It's almost like if you grew up in a family that spoke Mandarin and then someone was like, why aren't you speaking English? You were like, well, wait, what? Like I've always spoken Mandarin. It would feel really uncomfortable to learn a new language and to have to speak it with everyone else. And it would feel uncomfortable if everyone wants you to speak Mandarin and you're trying to speak English. That would also feel really uncomfortable. So just um, I'm acknowledging you. I'm acknowledging anyone out there and myself included. When I first started setting boundaries, it would take me, I'm not kidding, an hour and a half to send a text just saying no. Like if someone was like, hey girl, mm. want to get coffee next week? I would literally spend like an hour and a half like, okay, like this is like the experience, like I'm supposed to set the boundary because like I don't have enough time, but like I don't know what if she gets mad at me Um, and I would just like rewrite the text and rewrite the text. And now I would see something like that and I just say, hey, I'm unable to make it. It's a really busy season for me right now, but I'm sending you so much love. How can I pray for you? Or something like Mm -hmm. that, right? And again, that has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with my season and what I'm going through. And I got to put my oxygen mask on first. I can't survive if I'm constantly trying to take care of everyone else and everyone else's emotions and make everyone else happy. That would be a disservice to myself and my friends because they'd be getting a fake version of me, not the authentic version of me. Ooh, I wait, I love that because I think it reminds us too that boundaries, I feel like sometimes we feel selfish when we're setting boundaries with other people, but it's actually the most loving thing you can do for yourself and for them. Yep, totally. I remember that was a big aha aha moment for me a few years ago to realize that people pleasing is actually extremely selfish Mm -hmm. Uh, and and extremely manipulative. I thought it was the most selfless thing to make everyone happy. And people would ask me like, what makes you happy? And my immediate answer was always when everyone else is happy. Right. Um, But that is not true connection. Mm -hmm. That is connection through manipulation through, okay, what do you need me to be to make you happy? Okay. I'll be that. No wonder I was so exhausted. Yeah. Um, and no wonder my friendships felt like good, but also not fully real. And until I really slowed down and said, okay, wait, who am I? Like what we were talking about earlier on the podcast, what brings me joy? What brings me energy? And how do I step into that unapologetically? Because when I do, then I'll attract other friendships, family members, relationships that also like those type of things. And if people don't like those type of things, that's okay too. And we can accept that we are different humans and we're not all going to be besties forever and make each other happy as our ultimate goal in life. Mm, So, so stinking good. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, give yourself some grace. Yes. Give yourself some grace and self-compassion. Know that if 
if healthy boundaries were not modeled in your upbringing, it's going to feel scary. It's going to feel like you're trying to speak a different language than you've spoken your whole life. Two, know that if you want to speak a new language, you're, you're going to have to take language classes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to have to learn. So listening to podcasts like this is the exact next step to doing it. So for anyone listening and feeling a little bit frustrated or scared, know that it's already happening. Your growth is already in momentum. It's already in the movement. Um, It's already done just by you becoming aware of the fact that maybe you've spoken Mandarin your whole life and now you want to speak English. Now it's already in action and you're listening to podcasts like this. You might be reading books. You might be listening to um, books on tape about how to set boundaries. All of that will just build up. It's, it's, it's just like taking a, a, cl- a class to um, speak another language. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're learning how to speak another language, you practice, right? You go to the country and you try to immerse yourself in that language or you talk to a friend about, hey, can you practice with me um, saying this sentence or saying this, you know, using this new verb, same with setting boundaries. So um, practice with someone you feel very close with practice with yourself, right? Those three different layers of boundaries, energetic, physical, and time, Mm -hmm. right? Like really notice, okay, how am I spending my time? And practice setting stronger boundaries with how much time you spend on social media, how much time you spend thinking about um, food or your family or whatever, and really say, okay, today I'm only going to spend 10 minutes doing that. Or today I'm only going to um, be 100% honest with people. That'd be a physical boundary of really sharing your honest opinion with people. So practice and know that it's a skill that will grow. It, it's it's truly an emotional muscle that can get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then the last piece is, and I already kind of touched on it a little bit, but the easiest way to set boundaries is just to be honest. And it's hard. So practice with someone you feel safe with first. I remember the first time I was 100, it was I, when I learned this tool of just 100% honesty, I was like, okay, I thought I was a pretty honest person. <laughs> people, pleaser, people pleasers are not honest, <laughs> but I thought I was. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be 100% honest this week. And I told one of my best friends, Emma, yo, I'm going to be 100% honest this week. She's like, okay, I think you're always honest, but okay. And then I woke up. I had recently been through a breakup and I was heartbroken as anyone is after a breakup. And it was a couple days later and Emma, my best friend, had voice memoed me about something, some dating. She went on some date. And it was like a three-minute voice memo. And I was a minute in wanting to support her and be there for her and be the friend that I am to her and vice versa. But I was feeling awful. Like I couldn't be there for her. I couldn't support her. I needed support. So I clicked out of the voice memo and I texted her, hey, I'm so sorry. I cannot listen to this right now. I am so tender and so hurt and I really need to take care of myself this week but I'm going to get back to it when I feel just more emotionally regulated and able to support you. Just wanted to give you the heads up that I love you and I'll get back to this when I can. And she called me immediately. She was like, wait, Nora, I didn't even think about what you're going through. How can I support you? And I was Mm. like, oh, wow, this is what it's like to set a boundary, right? That's a boundary saying, I can't do this. Nothing about you. It's not bad that you sent me the voice memo, but I got to take care of me first. And when you do that, you're telling someone else, "I, I actually need help. And if they're able to help you, great. If they're not, if they also are like, oh my gosh, I'm going through something hard too. Like, I'll talk to you in a few days. Love you. Then you don't take that as rejection either. They're taking care of themselves. So the cool part about being 100% honest is you're teaching people how you want to be treated. And you also empathize with other people when they set boundaries with you. When they say, hey, I'm not able to do this right now. Or when they're like, hey, I don't really like playing tennis. So you can play tennis on your own. You're not thinking, oh my gosh, they totally rejected me. They're not my friend. They're not playing tennis. You're thinking, wow, good for her for telling me she doesn't like tennis. Amazing. So the better you get it for yourself and the more honest you are with yourself and with others, the more you'll respect others that are honest with you. And honesty is one of the most important components of any relationship. So if you want healthy, beautiful, loving, easy, simple relationships, honesty is right at the core of that. I love that. I love it so much because I think that there is this fear of how someone's going to respond to us. And I think it's important too for us to remember that like we are resp- aren't responsible for other people's reaction to yes. our boundaries. And if someone wants to be in a loving relationship with you, you being willing to set that boundary is what's going to create that, not you just continuing this cycle and continuing these patterns. And I think like you said, it's it's it takes practice. And so like give yourself permission for it to feel awkward 
and messy and not feel very good at it at first, but it does get easier. And I say this in the middle of my boundary setting journey because I'm still working on strengthening this emotional muscle for myself. So I'm right there with you, friends. Yes, totally. And also remember, yeah, people might not respond the way my friend Emma did. I've had Mm -hmm. lots of friends respond with like, who are you? Or like, you're, why aren't you, come on, just like do this thing with me. You've changed. And, and just know that's their journey because they're used to the way you've shown up. Just like any relationship, it's a lock and a key, right? And so if you've created this lock to be a certain way, then you've attracted certain keys that like you to be that way. And when you start growing and changing, even though you're not hurting them, you're not saying you are wrong or you are bad or I don't like your pie because you're not using you words in the sentence when you're creating mm-hmm. the boundary, you're using I words. So you're not blaming them. But even when you say, hey, I like it this way, they're going to be confused because they're used to you doing it a different way. Mm-hmm. And, and I always use the sentence of what's my business, what's their business, and what's God's business? And what's my business is how am I co-creating the situation? Where do I feel resentment? Where can I set boundaries? What do I need? What do I want? Am I being 100% honest? That's my business. And that is a lot of business that I get to grow and change and rewire. What's their business is how they react. And if they react by saying, I'm mad at you, I don't want to talk to you, or any other kind of not happy reaction, that's their growth. That's their journey. And you can... You can hope that they learn and grow and they probably will, um, but it might take time just like it took you time. And then Mm -hmm. God's business is, will you guys be able to continue the relationship? Will you not? What will it look like? That is also out of your control. You've got to take care of your boundaries, your needs, your wants, desires, and then let the rest go. Yeah. And I think it's also knowing that like as you grow and evolve in your journey, your relationships are going to grow and evolve as well. And sometimes that means these relationships get stronger and sometimes it it means that new relationships form, some relationships might phase out. I don't know. I think that that is also what scares people too. It's like, am I outgrowing this person? Am I outgrowing this relationship? And that can feel so scary. It can feel scary. And it's the you have to give people the opportunity to surprise you. Because a lot of people don't even give other people the space to show up for them because they're trying to control the entire dynamic. Um, and they're so afraid of either losing their relationship or having their relationship change that instead of being fully authentic to who they are, they just continue placating the dynamic of the relationship. But remember, the person on the other side probably wants to have a relationship with you just as much as you want to have a relationship with them. So yeah. if you let go of trying to control the way they show up, And just say, hey, that's actually their business. I can't control that. I can only control showing up honestly myself and authentically myself. Then you give them the opportunity to show up for you and surprise you and actually really show you that they want to have a relationship with you. And I feel like the more that you learn how to set really incredible boundaries, it's like the most freeing feeling in the world. Yes. The most freeing. And, um, oh, it's such a beautiful thing. And I think, you know, I guess my ask for, for you listeners or what I want to encourage you with is get curious about, about what your emotions are telling you, what they're signaling, kind of like Nora said at the beginning, like, where do you feel that anxiety? Where do you feel that defensiveness coming up? Where do you feel like you're already guarding yourself before you even walk into these holiday parties? Get curious, be compassionately curious about those and ask yourself where those boundaries need to be set and practice. And maybe like Nora said, maybe practicing with yourself first is a good place to start. I have practiced with myself so many times of certain people saying certain things. And I've literally like sat in the shower while I'm driving, like, I'm not going to be able to make it tomorrow, but how else can I support you? (laughs) So funny that you say that because this last week, my, my husband is very good at vocalizing his needs and what he wants and what he likes. And I'm grateful for that because he helps me with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And he helps encourage me to get a little bit uncomfortable. And the other day we sat in our bedroom on our bed and we role played. I was like, okay, you pretend to be my cousin and I'm going to be me. And he gets like really into character, (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome. And And we role played it. And it honestly helped. I ended up setting the boundary and it was uncomfortable at first, but it's, it's already so much better having done it. And so like, if you need to role play with yourself or someone else, like do it because it's helping me. <laughs> I was, we, so in my um, group coaching program called Be Found, we do a different topic every month about self-acceptance, self-love, self-awareness, um, self-development. And next month we're doing boundaries. 
And I thought like, cause I always do different activities with them. And I was like, oh, I think that will do role plays. Like Love I want that. them to bring a certain situation that they are feeling anxious for. And I'll teach them exactly how to communicate their boundaries and their needs in a loving way. And then they can practice with each other. So I love yeah. that you practice with your husband. It's, it's, it can actually be really fun to get into um, the role play scenario and really practice setting your, setting your boundaries. Oh, totally. Nora, this has been so helpful. I just appreciate you walking us, walking me through this. Honestly, I feel like this has been a great coaching session for me and I hope that it's helping some of our listeners as well. Tis the season. The holidays are here and maybe you're feeling so excited and looking forward to all of the joy and connection and family and bonding, but maybe you're also feeling a little anxious or worried about it too. Listen, there's no denying that the holidays add more demands to our time, our finances, our emotions across the board. But do we really need to continue riding this emotional holiday roller coaster year after year? Friends, I have something that I think you're going to love to help you survive, maybe even thrive this holiday season. I have put together a holiday survival guide. And inside of this survival guide, you're going to find a workbook to help you set some healthy boundaries. But maybe even more helpful than that, you're going to find a library of videos, short pep talks that you need in the moments you need them most. Maybe your uncle keeps talking about politics at the dinner table, or your aunt won't stop commenting about her new diet or how much weight you've gained or lost or your food choices. Or maybe you just need a moment to relax and breathe for yourself. In this holiday survival guide, you're going to find the pep talks you need for the moments that you need them so that you can not only survive the holidays, but thrive through them. Visit coachkaya.com to check out my free holiday survival guide so that you can make more space for joy this holiday season. My last question for you or second to last question for you is, you know, this podcast is called Climbing and I think it's because, you know, every single one of us has a different mountain that we're climbing and we will climb many, many mountains in our life. And so I just, I'm always curious to ask my guests, what is a mountain that you are currently climbing in your own life? Oh my gosh. I love that question. You know, that is, it goes back to what we talked about with our relationship with ourselves. When we think we know ourselves that's the moment that our relationship really dies. That's the moment that we don't have that curiosity and play and fun of, of the growth in our life. Because when we don't feel like we're growing, we actually feel like we're dying. If you look at any plant, if it's not growing, it's dying. We want the plants. We want the crops. We want everything to grow. So in terms of all of that, one, one mountain that I'm climbing myself is this realization of where I always tried to be perfect. I always tried to receive um, my parents' love. And uh, my parents are very loving, but they're very strict. They were when I grew up. And so I always just was like, okay, where's the rule and how do I follow it? And how do I follow it perfectly? And that doesn't sound like trauma, right? That it sounds like a pretty normal upbringing, but that's actually one of the most insidious forms of kind of a recurring traumatic event because you aren't being yourself. You're thinking, okay, if only I follow the rules, AKA for other people, if only I lose the weight or if only I make the money or if only I get the job or whatever it is, if only I get the boyfriend, it's the same dynamic. For me, it was, if only I follow the rules, if only I follow the rules. So the mountain I've been climbing is noticing that in my nervous system, in my body, anytime that I want to be perfect, anytime that I want to do anything the right way and follow the exact rules, I'll ask myself, is this because I really want to? Or is this because my body is so conditioned and used to following these rules to receive love? Because that isn't unconditional love. That's conditional love. If you follow the rules and you get the love. So that's my mountain right now. It's pretty a vulnerable share, but it's been hard. And it's also been extremely liberating to, to remind myself, I don't need to follow other people's rules to receive love. I simply need to be loving and kind to myself, express my needs, wants, and desires. And of course, love other people, but not um, make myself smaller and minimize myself and just follow kind of a a step-by-step process to receive love. That's that's the op- that's the opposite of love. They'll receive a girl with a mask on, um, mm-hmm. and then I'll just attract other masks. I want to attract other authentic, real, 
happy, honest people. And the only way to do that is by being authentic, real, honest, and happy myself. So that's been the, that's been the mountain I've been climbing recently. Mm, I love that. Thank you for, for being so vulnerable and sharing that. I just, I'm always so curious, you know, what we're always growing. And I know that you are someone who is like, so you're always learning. You're always hunger to learn. And I really appreciate that and um, value that in you and our friendship. And I appreciate you sharing that with us, what you're climbing. I think that's something that a lot of us can work on, myself included. So Nora, I just appreciate your time. I appreciate your heart. I appreciate your soul. You are a bright, bright light in this world. And I am continuously learning from you and I'm inspired by you. And I appreciate you sharing your heart and wisdom with our community. For those that would love to get in touch with you or follow you and all the goodness that you share. Y'all, I'll just say real quick, quick plug. I'm the one that's always sharing Nora's posts on my Instagram stories because it's always gold. So if you hang out on Instagram, I just personally think you need to make sure to follow her. But Nora, where can people find you and get in touch with you? Um, Instagram is probably the best way. So at Nora DeKaiser, N-O-R-A-D-E-K-E-Y-S-E-R is my Instagram. I'm recently on TikTok. Are you on TikTok? Ooh, I am, but I'm like... I. I'm not good at it. Yet. We got to get on it because I, it's like any new platform. Also, it's like any new pattern or habit that we're creating, just like boundaries. It feels uncomfortable at first. It doesn't feel totally. good not to be good at something, but now I love TikTok. So I don't even know what my TikTok name is, but I think it's Nordic Kaiser. <laughs> you guys should follow me on there too. Cause I'm having a lot of fun with it and trying not to follow those perfect rules. Like I, I grew up that. in my conditioning. So Instagram, TikTok, and then totally join my community. Be found. It's very similar to Kaya's. Um, but we do a lot of focus, similar to you too, though, on mm -hmm. just self-love, relationship with self. We have three life coaching sessions a month and uh, it is, it's my baby. I think it's so much fun to connect um, with people from around the world and see them all connect with each other and support each other. So that's the main spaces to connect with me. It is a wonderful space. I've hung out in it before. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful space that you created. And all of these links will also going to be in the show notes. So if you want to find them, click the show notes below this episode and check out Nora. Nora, thank you again so much. I'm sending you so, so much love for the holidays. And hopefully I'm going to pop down to Southern California to hug you in person for the Woo! first time soon. I'm so excited. <laughs> all right. Love you, girl. We'll, we'll talk to y'all next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.